If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I am super excited to be back with you once again. Still in Texas, but this is our last week. This is the last time I'm going to be recording an episode from down here in the south. I'm going to be heading back north to Ontario starting at the end of this week. It'll take us about a, about five days to get home. and I'm really looking forward to it. Not least of which I am looking forward to getting back to my proper audio studio with all my equipment and the ability to get really good audio quality. We've not done too badly over the past few weeks, but it hasn't been the audio quality that you'd probably come to expect from the podcast. There's something I'm going to be working on for next year because we're definitely going to be doing this again. We'll be coming down to uh, to the south next winter as well. It's been too good not to repeat. And I know as we wend our way back north next week, I'm going to go back into the snow and it's going to be a bit of a shock you know, spring is coming and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. So what have I got for you today? Well, I did mention two weeks ago when I spoke about lead magnets and talking about creating lead magnets for our owners to uh, to encourage new owners to come into our company and, of course, to our guests to give them a lot of information on places to go, things to do, things to do on a rainy day, you know, all that sort of stuff. My challenge was that uh, I was great at the creation of these things and getting them look really professional, but the challenge was actually getting them to the end user. So how we go from creative to actually finding their way to the mobile device or the desktop of the person who gave us their email address in the first place. And we don't want that to be a hassle for them because if... If you think back to the last time you downloaded something, you wanted it just to come immediately. You don't want to go through half a dozen different steps and keep waiting for emails to come in. So you can you can click on click on download buttons. You want it instant. So I wanted to talk to my friend and my business partner, Jason Beaton, who is an absolute whiz on all things digital marketing and find out what we had to do to get this to happen and get him to talk to me in in you know a nice simple give me give me the simple version of it so you're going to hear that today from Jason we're also going to talk about google analytics because Jason tells me that there's just no point in doing anything like this unless we can tr- can track who opens it who downloads it and all sorts of other things that Google Analytics that can can do for you, but can be very confusing when you first look at it. So if you are listening to this on the day of publication, and particularly if it's on the morning of publication, you can come along to our office hours today when Jason's going to be talking about Google Analytics and will be uh, showing us some uh, examples. And I'll talk about that a little bit more at 
the end of this episode. So without further ado, let's just move on over to the interview I did with Jason and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hey, good morning, Jason. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Heather. I'm I'm excited to be on the podcast with you again, um, talking with all of our all of our listeners out there about uh, today's subject. So I'm really excited to be here today. Well, as you well, thank you for joining me for starters. Um, <laughs> first, first thing, of course, is that um, I talked about lead magnets a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I've had a lot of response from people saying, "Hey, this is such a good idea," and they're all into this creative mind frame of putting together lead magnets, whether it's a, a guide to bringing your pet or it's things to do on a rainy day for the kids, you know, all these, all these things that owners are putting together to send out to their prospective guests or indeed to actually have on their website to encourage site visitors to click on the link to that free download and leave their emails. Of course, this is talking about building an email list. So I had a really good response from that podcast two weeks ago, and I'll make sure I put a link to that episode in the show notes. But one question that comes out over and over again, and I I completely understand this, and I know it's a difficult one to answer, particularly if if you're not in front of them with a demo but we're going to try and do this and that is how you get that document that pdf once you've created it how do you get it into the hands of the end user of the person who has given you their email address so it's all very exciting you know you've got this idea you've got this lead magnet it's now oh my god how do i get it on my website how does somebody click on it how do they receive it so give yes (laughs) Yes, and as you said, that's hopefully going to be kind of conceptual in nature, so that way folks can, can grab that, grab the concept, and take it to their specific platforms. So that's kind of what the lens, if you will, of how we're going to look at this today is kind of the general concept and talk maybe specifically about the platforms we use. Um, but it should be fairly sim- similar no matter what platform you use, right? Right. Okay. Okay, so let's kind of start off with, tell me where we're starting with, Heather. Do, do we have a button already, or some type of opt-in already on our website? That's no, kind of no, re- really start from the very beginning, because this is where I've always been, what I've always got stuck on. Do you know, it's exactly the same as, as start, because I'm looking at starting a new podcast. Right. And even though I've been running a podcast for five years, doing that bit that actually takes the recording, which is what you and I are doing now, I'll end up with the recording, Mm -hmm. taking that recording into the ears of the listener, that is the tough part. And this is exactly the same. You know, on the one hand, you've got got your uh, product, and on the other hand, you want it on the... um, on that person's screen. So I really want to start from the very beginning. All you've got now, or all I've got now, is my product. is my PDF that I've been out to a graphic designer and I've got created and it looks fantastic. And I, all it is is a .pdf. Okay. So very good. Very good. So there's first step is, is, is the question you're going to answer is where is that document going to live? So where is it going to be hosted at? Um, if you're running a WordPress site or um, another website that you own, you can typically upload that document to your own site. Um, now, if you're using a 
third party, say a, a Squarespace or a Logify or any of these other third party websites, which is fine. You can, you know, store that document on, say, a Dropbox, right? Or a box.com, some type of, or maybe even Google Drive. I mean, that, that's also an option. So you've got to determine where you are going to be storing the document. And no matter where you store it at, you'll get a link. You'll get some type of link to, to share that document out with. So that's kind of step one is determining where you're going to, to store it and then grab that link. And you want to copy that link and store it you know, in the Word, Word file or somewhere else because we're going to use it to coming back. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So in fact, that makes that that answers really a major question because I was thinking, you know, do I have to upload it to my media area mm -hmm. on WordPress or, I've, you know, I've got it on a, on, on a Dropbox. Is it okay to keep it there? So do, you've answered that question. It's just a place to store it where you get a link for it. Right. That's a great point. Whenever you are, are sharing or whenever you're grabbing those links, there will be some type of settings that you'd have to set for, you know, view only, view and edit, some similarity of that. And typically you're going to want view only. That way, you know, for whatever reason, and maybe you share, you're sharing an Excel spreadsheet or you're sharing a Word document. That a view only means that link can be shared across the board, but nobody can actually change your, change your document. So that's, that's what you're looking for. There's a view only link. Oh, that, <laughs> that well, that sounds like a useful thing to to, to have. <laughs> so so that so that the first person who downloads it doesn't doesn't say, "Well, I don't like that word. I'll go change it." <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and then hopefully, and that's that's one of the benefits of using a PDF, right? So using a PDF format uh, typically locks out any type of editing um, just natively. So um, that's another pro for using using a PDF versus um, just a raw Word document or anything like that. So. Excellent. Um, okay, so we've got that storage location now. So now the kind of the next step in the puzzle is to, you know, really determine on your website how you're going to collect that email address. Most builders, uh, most websites, whether it's a, a WordPress theme or it's another uh, third-party hosted solution like a Logify or MyVR, anything like that, they're going to have an option for some type of opt-in, whether it's a newsletter a form on the sidebar or it's calls to action. That's the other word that you want to look for is call to action. You're going to have somewhere inside of your builder an option for an email newsletter or, or a form or call to action. So you want to find that. Within Vacation Winter Formula, uh, we use the Thrive Lead software to help generate these these buttons and these calls to actions and these forms and, and um, you know slide ins and pop ups and, and things of that nature. So that's that's one tool that we use that obviously only works on WordPress. And you know other uh, Vacation Winter owners have used the same same set of tools. But um, you've got to find out what where in that mix of software that you're currently using, where does that fit in? Okay, um, can you give us some examples of some of the other types of software that will do this, take these actions for you or provide these things for you? Yep, so most of your WordPress, your, your native WordPress themes are going to have a call to action, a call to action section. So, and that may be in the form of join our newsletter, our new, newsletter subscriber, and that may be in the form of a banner and a button. So that's going to be one option that's native to WordPress and most of your themes. I believe in Logify, they have a call to action section. I think Squarespace has a call to action section. And then I think our friends over at, at Rentivo and Vacation Soup also have, their themes also have call to action sections or newsletter sections. So in your back end, that's really what you're looking for. So it's either going to be termed newsletter or call to action. And then you can you should be able to change the, the verbiage. So instead of saying join our newsletter, it could be um, get our guide or something to that effect. 
What what happens if you just have a blog? So so you've created your own blog or maybe a mini website. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Okay, so if you're kind of starting from from that point, um, your email service provider. In our case, we use Active Campaign. Uh, Mailchimp is another popular one. I think Constant Contact and Eye Contact are also popular. Each of those softwares should have their own form creator. Okay, and that's what you look for is a way to create a form. You go into your software, you create a form with your name, your email address, and, and your form creator may even have the ability to you know, change the words and, or add a title and a sub, subtitle and things like that. Regardless, once you have that form created, that software will give you a snippet of code. Uh-huh, and, okay. And, and, and now, now you paste that code into your blog um, or into your, your back end of, of your website, and that will create basically embed that what's called embedding it'll take that form and put it over there on your website okay so so let's say on on our site on clrm.ca we have on the left hand sidebar of, of just i think it comes up on just about every page except the property pages and it's it's our lead magnet which is the packing list mm-hmm so if somebody clicks on that packing list, they're actually going to get that piece of code that takes them to the form where they fill in their email address. They won't see the code. They'll go straight to the form. No, I don't, well, that, well, that's what I mean. When they click on that code, uh, so when they click on that, um, that image, then that code sort of jumps into action and Correct. sends them to a contact form. Right. So that code, that code has kind of two parts. One is the actual display piece of it, which is what you see. And yeah. then the second piece of it is once the click happens, the next step. Um, and, and that is all done through a software called Lead Pages. And Lead Pages is, is very useful if you do not have a WordPress website because right. Lead Pages is completely what's called self hosted, uh, which means your landing pages and your opt in boxes and your callback, I mean, all, all that is done on their own site. So if you do have a, a, a non-WordPress site, you're able to, to use lead pages specifically to handle all this stuff for you. And mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it. It's very easy. It's drag and drop. And it's just a matter of pasting a little bits of code here and there. But what you're saying is that if, if you're using Active Campaign or something like MailChimp or contact, Constant Contact already, then then all that all that stuff is built into it. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. It's going to be when you create the form. So right. wherever your form builder is within the, those particular pieces of software, that's what's going to give you the ability to create the form, copy the code, and then paste it over to your site, wherever that may be. Okay. And then what, what happens after that? So somebody, so, so you've got your, your image of your, of your PDF there. Somebody clicks on it. They're taken to this form. They, leave, they put in their email address and their name. What happens to that information? And ha- you know, th- this is this is. I know this is really getting technical, but I I, I need to understand this. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I need it right right in my head. I do this a lot. I love free downloads. I mean, who doesn't? And I mm-hmm. I, I get on, particularly when they're of value. And that's what we talked about. You know. Right. The, the other week that it's something that's really of value to the person downloading it but so so i've gone along i've seen this great download that i want and i put in my email address and my name what happens to that information yep uh so kind of at this point in time that's going to be dependent upon what system you're using you know what what marketing system you're using but typically that information will, will be stored inside of your email marketing software so right. whether that's MailChimp, Constant Contact, Active Campaign, or if you're using something like uh, Lead Pages, it's also stored there. 
Okay, so that's where the information is stored at. Now, while you're setting up your form, you should have an option of no matter what software you're using to get an email, you know, get an email notification. So in other words, when somebody fills out that form, your software should email you saying, hey, Jane Doe just filled out your, your form, best places to eat in, in Venice, and gives you their name and email address. So that's kind of, that's one way uh, of storing your information. And then kind of to build, uh, build on that. If automation is not your thing and in trying to set all this stuff up, it's, it's kind of like way, way out there. You don't want to get into that. The easiest thing to do at that point in time is grab that email address and actually email them from, from, your, from your email account and attach the PDF. So that's one way of delivering a PDF is once you get that confirmation of, you know, Jane Doe just filled out your form, you hop on your phone or your computer, email Jane Doe. You probably have a canned response or, an, or a, a standard response you send to everybody uh, that you can copy and paste in there and then can, um, attach your, your file and away it goes. So if, you, if you're not into the automation and things like that, you can certainly just do that part manually. I, I like that, particularly if it's just for a single owner with a single property and really getting into all this automation stuff is, is probably doing a little too much. But I quite like the idea of doing it manually. It pops in, you know, Jane Doe's just wanted to, just downloaded this or is asked to download this and you get straight back in, you say, hi, Jane. And mm -hmm. make it, you know, this is coming from me. Hi, and this is how you start the relationship. Hi, Jane, see that you've, uh, you, you wanted to download this and I'm so excited that you have and that's where you start the relationship. And of course, here's your PDF and maybe you'd like this other one as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. So and, and just a, as an as a add-on to that, Heather, um, everything you just said is probably already written, probably have said that uh, most owners say that have that standard response. And they've sent that five, six, seven, 12 dozen times already, right? So if at least, if you don't have that scripted out or where you can copy and paste it or a canned response of some sort, um, that's where you can probably save a lot of time. It's just by, by you know, have it, having that response already set and ready to go. Yeah. Oh, that, that's great. And I suppose you could, uh, and then the other thing is, is, is the fo following up after that, because if you just right. send out, if you just send out that PDF, and then that's it. Then you've, you've taken that warm relationship and it's just, it, it will immediately cool down because they'll forget. It, yeah, exactly. And that, and that, that's kind of the benefit of using some type of um, CRM or some other process to track your leads coming in and who you need to follow up with that day. Okay. That goes back, that goes really deep into kind of the, how you run your business and, and follow up. And, and that's where automation can really, really benefit you is bringing those people back to the top. So if you are going to use this, this, um, manual method, cool, go for it. No problem. Just make sure in your business operations, you have a way of tracking that and coming back to them, um, you know, in, in two or three days or, or a week or where, whatever time frame fits your business. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, this is what you're doing working with our property management company at the moment. You know, exactly this because we've, you know, for years, we were doing this. We had this habit of, you know, sending out a PDF when somebody asked for it, and then that was it. Never following up. Right. Yeah. And, and this is true whether whether you are an owner and a guest is coming in, or a prospective guest is coming in to download a PDF, or if you're a property management company. If you're a property management company, you probably have guests coming to you to download PDFs and to, to make bookings, but you also have owners coming to you to help list their properties with you. So if you're a property management company, you really need to have this set up for both sides of the business, right? 
Oh, ab- absolutely. And yeah, and they're very different. For anyone who's a property management company out there, you know that we have two c- completely different sets of clients. So you have yep. to really differentiate the, uh, the information that you're sending to each one and have separate automations set up. As I say, we're, we, we are so happy <laughs> that we're working with you to set this up. And it's, you know, it's taking some time for us to really right. understand this. We've also got to create those lead magnets to send out. That's a job in itself. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's, that's kind of what we alluded to in the last episode about lead magnets, what was kind of creating those. So um, kind of going, circling back here, that's one way of doing this manually. That's one way of getting that PDF into uh, your prospect's hands, right? Yeah. Um, and the other way, of course, is using automation. And that's going to kind of differ with every platform or every software that's out there. But in each of those softwares, there should be an option there to basically ask the question, what's happening next? And that's where you can automatically, you can set up this email put your link inside this email, inside your software. And the automations work something like this. When a guest or when a prospect fills out this form, email them this email. Okay, so that's kind of concept. And that's going to be universal concept, no matter if you're working with active campaign, if you're working with lead pages, if you're working with MailChimp or whatever you're working with. And actually some of your property management software systems have the same capability built into them. Right. So really take a take a look at what you're using. If you're not using anything, um, you know, that's that's a great time to kind of ask some questions from from us at, at uh, a vacation with the formula and get some feedback or inside the formula club. If you're a formula club member on what other people are using to find to really find that good best fit for you. Yes, and there is plenty of advice out there. Probably not going to some of the Facebook groups where they are talking about operational aspects, but there are Facebook groups growing out there, um, growing now, which are focused more on marketing techniques. And, uh, and those, if, you, if you're interested in, in marketing, particularly digital marketing, then those are the ones to go to. I'll dig a few out and put them on the show notes and you can yeah. go check those out. There's, there's an interesting uh, sidebar, Heather. You know, I, I'm seeing that one or two paths start and I really have an industry with your softwares. One path is, is trying to include your marketing and operations all in one, one tool. And the other, and the other half is you have a tool for operations, you have a tool for marketing. It's very interesting to kind of see these two paths and, and where they're going down. But I think that's also what kind of creates uh, so much confusion with, with between you know your marketing front end and your your operations back end, and how to track as a, either as an owner or as a, a property manager how to track both sides of the puzzle. Yeah, well, tracking something I really want to uh, to talk about as well, because let's say you've gone through all this process and you've sent off this email with the PDF. How do you know somebody's opened it and if they're doing anything with it, if they've read it at all? I mean, I, I'll just a little anecdote that I wanted to share. We sent, uh, we have a new member of staff at, uh, at our property management company, Shelley, mm-hmm. and one of her first tasks was to send out an email to every owner, all 180 odd owners, and ask them for their home insurance information that specifically mentions their rental insurance. So, you know, we have to have um, proof that they have uh, insurance on their property that carries at least $2 million in third-party liability. And so 
Shelley Dooley creates this email introducing herself and asking for this, saying her first, this is her first task and mm-hmm. sends this out. And I talked to her the other day. It's about four days after she sent it. And I said, I said, how many responses have you got? And she said, three. Right. Yeah. And we said, well, this is crazy. You know, um, I know I have some owners who probably wouldn't even open it, wouldn't even read it. But the majority of them are at least going to open it. And 40, 50% of them should have acted upon it. And I couldn't understand this. And then somebody said, well, maybe it's just gone into, it possibly gone into a junk folder somewhere. It's been filtered out. And without knowing how many people had actually opened it, it was really mm-hmm. tough to know if they'd actually read it at all. Right, yeah. So how do, how do we know? Is there a way of knowing that somebody's opened your email? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there's any, any of your automation tools your, or your email marketing tools are going to have that information in there, and they can break it down by the, by the email. The other thing, too, is if you're using just, like a, if you're using just a, a Gmail account or anything like that, you can look at some extensions or add-ons to Gmail to help you track that uh, tra- open tracking as well. So you won't get any type of reporting as far as I did, I sent this email to 100 people and, and 20 people opened it. You're not going to get that type of reporting from your Gmail or from your email account, um, only from your email marketing software. Uh, so just as a, as a quick side note here, um, Heather, I pulled up, uh, pulled up that email and 76% of people opened it. So um, it's not, not a, a, a lack of people seeing it and opening, which is great. It's just a lack of people taking action. Yeah. So that, that's a whole different conversation. But to continue on that point, I was able to pull that information up from the email marketing software, right? Oh. So you, if you're using software, you should be able to see that. And 70%, 76% is ungodly great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would, you know, I would hope that if I'm sending out emails to owners that I'm going to get 100% because that's what we like to think. We, we, we haven't been getting that response in this particular email. It, it's something we, we need to deal with. And I'm pretty sure it's because her email went into spam and having something that would track that email. And I know we are, we are we've now working on this with, with you an active campaign. Yeah. So, I mean, with this data, you know, we can see that 76% of the people that, that she sent this email to opened it. So we, we've got a really good confidence that it's not going into spam or anything like that. It's just a, a lack of people taking action on that email, um, which is a whole different discussion. Okay. But we wouldn't have that that insight if we weren't using a standalone email marketing software. You know, yeah. you just don't get that. Now, generally, if you're getting, if you're sending newsletters and um, things things of that nature, if you can get up to that twenty to thirty percent open rate, that's a really solid open rate. And then one one technique that we're using in the formula and vacation of the formula now is resending a different version of the email um, a few days after the original one was sent to people who didn't open it. And that's also helped increase the open rates by another double digits. So that's one little tidbit there that you probably can't do and track if you're doing it manually. And if to an extent, depending on what PMS software you're using, if you're doing this type of automation through that, they probably don't have that options either. Usually that's gonna those type of options are gonna lie within your dedicated email marketing softwares. 
such as ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, Constant Contact, things like that. Okay. And I would imagine that the majority of owners and property managers who are interested in, in doing this in, in a very professional way do have something, at least MailChimp, because mm-hmm. MailChimp is really easy to use. It's free. Uh, I think it's still free, isn't it? Up to a certain amount of, of mailings. And then it, it really doesn't cost a huge amount but i've i've always been i've always been a great fan of of mailchimp and also we used constant contact years ago and they've been around for a long long time would you say that active campaign is perhaps a bit more sophisticated than those yeah sophisticated i think maybe a fine line it's definitely more feature rich as far as the automation side of the business so you know you can definitely hop in there send, send an email just like you can with all the other platforms but then you also get the added benefit of things such as site tracking so actually seeing people on your website combine that with the automation piece of it where you know you can put people into these um, sequences once they've booked and once you know they've um, if they haven't purchased yet and do some some advanced logic so yeah sophisticated is probably a, a great way to, to determine it and you know I think these starter packages, um, you get a two-week free trial, and then maybe it's uh, $15 a month going forward. So, you know, it's still pretty reasonable for most owners, individual owners out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, $15 a month uh, is, is is definitely worth it if you want all that all that feature-rich stuff. Right. So, yeah. No, that, that, that's a little bit about, about the analytics of emails. Now, I think you wanted to get into some different type of analytics as well, right? Yeah, I mean, in Jan- back in January in the Formula Club, I, I sort of issued a challenge and it was a two-part challenge and I can't remember what one part of it is, but the other one was uh, the second part of the challenge was to be just start getting into Google Analytics and you know, becoming more proficient at using it and understanding um, what pieces of it were more relevant than others. Because Google Analytics, I'm sure you'll corroborate this one is that it's completely free it gives a huge amount of information on what's going on on your site and it's also because of that huge amount of information it can be incredibly complicated to figure out how to use it (laughs) yeah you're you're exactly right you know it's, it's it's a fantastic free tool um is it perfect no, but is anything perfect? No, you know, it is the best version of perfect for free that's out there to my knowledge so far. And all you have to do is go to, you know, google.com slash analytics, sign up, and it gives you a little piece of code there to put on your website. And it's kind of the same thing as the, as the opt-in forms. Just about every website, whether it's a WordPress, whether it's a Squarespace, uh, uh, Logify, whatever it is, almost everybody has a spot for Google Analytics now. So that's pretty universal in the world of websites now. So it, it, it definitely gives it, us good good fortune to actually discuss it. You know, so when you first log into to Google Analytics, you get presented with a dashboard, and that's kind of the, called the, the home page dashboard, where it talks about the last seven days, any active users you have, how kind of the most frequent um, channels of users or, or, or sources of users. So where my eyes always go first. And this is just because I've, I approach it with a, with a marketing sense in mind is what are the most frequently visited pages? Okay. And that is on your homepage there. It is towards the bottom, maybe the bottom three quarters. And it's a little box that says what pages your users visit most. And the other way to get to that is on the left-hand side, you have the behavior overview. And then underneath that is site content and all pages. So that's kind of the drill down on how to actually get there. 
But the reason why I go to all pages first is because I want to see where people are coming in to my website first. Where, what's their first impressions or, or you know, what are they seeing first? So that's where I always start is, um, you know, I run typically reports. I, I, I look at between three and six months for the most part because I want to see if the pages that they're coming into, I want to make sure those are branded well. They have, and we have a particular focus or particular goal for each one of those pages. So um, that's one that, that I look at first. So first of all, well, I mean, perhaps we just backtrack a little bit. And having starting to hear you talk about Google Analytics makes me think we should just have one episode entirely on Google Analytics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's certainly an office hours on it. Yeah, absolutely. So how about you just tell us about how you get Google Analytics on your website in the first place? I mean, is it, is it something that comes built in with a theme? Is it already in there? Or do you have to do something to enable you to see what's going on on your site? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So the first thing you have to do is obviously, obviously sign up for it. And when you sign up for it, you'll get one of two pieces of data. You'll get a tracking code, which looks like a, a different language. <laughs> and, and then along with that, you'll also get what they call, let me make sure I get the, um, the proper term here. Um, you will also get a tracking ID. Okay, the tracking ID typically starts with the letters U, A, then a dash. So the reason I mentioned both of those is depending on what website builder you're using, whether you're using a web, uh, WordPress or a Thrive Themes or um, a Logify or Intivo or whatever it is that your website lives on, most websites, probably 90% of them now, have some type of setting for Google Analytics. It either allows you to paste the full scripted code in there, or it asks you for the tracking ID. So that's kind of what the which everyone asked for. That's why I mentioned you, when you sign up, you're going to get a tracking ID, and you're also going to get an, a, a, a tracking code. So that's how you actually get those two things onto your website is by using either the tracking ID or the actual um, analytics script, analytics code. Okay, that's that's useful to know. And I think probably what we'll do is just leave it at that and just, um, and, and we will, if, if you are actually listening to this on the day of publication, then you should come along and join us on Office Hours. And if you are a subscriber to Vacation Rental Formula, then you will get a, a notice of the Office Hours. And then we will discuss Google Analytics in a little bit more detail Jason, how does that sound? Yeah, that's perfect. And we can do some screen sharing there. That way we can actually see because analytics is something that you really need to see to be able to understand. Yeah. Part, you know? But you know, that, that's, you're, you're right. That's, that's kind of key there is, is to get it onto your website in the very beginning. Even if you don't do anything with it, get it on there and that way you can at least start seeing data. You know, to get something to, to come back to. So it's good for a start. Just, you know, if you haven't got it already installed, get it installed. And mm -hmm. if you have got it installed, go and have a look and start to explore the dashboard and see the sort of information it's showing you. You don't have to understand it right now. Right. There, there's a, a, a course on, I mean, Google do their own course on right. Google Analytics, which is really comprehensive. I started doing a course on it that I bought a, uh, a year ago, and it, that was also very comprehensive, and I pick it up every so often and just you know, go through and just choose a, a particular thing I want to learn about. So I will put at the end of the show notes just some information on those Google Analytics courses. 
So there's going to be a lot of information at the end on the show notes. So please go there and take a look. This will be VRS 278. So if you go to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash VRS 278. Is that right, Jason? Am I giving correct? Okay, excellent. Then you'll find yourself at the show notes and you'll be able to see the links to everything we've talked about. What we've talked about so far is um, Active Campaign, MailChimp, Constant Contact, Thrive Leads, Lead Pages, Google Analytics, MailTrack I'm going to put in there as well because MailTrack yeah. is, is a, um, a little piece of, of software. Uh, well, it's a Chrome extension, I think. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a mm-hmm. Chrome extension that, uh, that will allow you to track mail as well? Anything else that we mentioned? Oh, I was going to put in some Facebook groups. Facebook groups there. Yeah, but I, I will, I will, whatever we've mentioned on this episode, I'm going to put into those show notes. So as I say, come along and listen to the, come along and join us at Office Hours because you can ask any questions you want live. If you're a member of the Formula Club, then you will be able to see the replay of the Office Hours at any time. You'll have um, open access to that if you're a member of the Formula Club. So anything else you want to add there, Jason? No, no. I think that's a great uh, great place to leave it because if, you, if we start talking any further, we're just going to start blowing some minds without having a visual, you know, yeah. a, a visualization there with it. Okay. So, so what we've covered really is, you know, that, that lead magnet, and I think you did a great job of explaining without the visuals how to get it from creative through to the, the screen of the end user or the person who's given you their email address. So we talked through that and also what happens with that email address when when you have it, if you have a, a CRM, a customer relations management system, and what you could do either manually or automated fashion, and then also how you track that. And following on from tracking, talking about Google Analytics. So I think I think we that's a pretty feature rich episode we've just done. <laughs> Well, fantastic. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. And, and as Heather said, you know, this is definitely one of those things that um, going forward, if you're wanting to learn more about it, the next step is actually videos. You know, you, you've kind of heard the audio of it. You heard the concept. Now you've got to find the video uh, help or tutorial section of that your particular software to mm-hmm. learn how to implement it. Yes, and set some time aside to do that. It's not something you just sort of, I've, I've got three minutes. I'll look at a quick video. You need to really set the time aside and look at the video, and then understand how it's going to apply to your own situation. Yep. And once you've done it two, three, four times, it's going to be just like everything else in life. It's going to be a lot, a lot easier for you to accomplish going forward. Yeah, just like riding a bike. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Jason, thank you so much for, for joining me. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, we will talk again very, very soon. Fantastic. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Jason. Well, thank you very much, Jason Beaton, for joining me again to offer your great wealth of knowledge. That was terrific. So now we are able to take those lead magnets from creativity, from from that process where you've got that beautiful looking document, PDF, checklist, whatever you have in your hand or on your desktop, and you can now get it onto the screen of your leads mobile device or or desktop screen 
So, you know, it's we've, we've now done the end-to-end process. So Jason will be joining me today. If you are listening on the day of publication, please come along to the, to our office hours. And Jason's going to be talking about Google Analytics in a little bit more detail. And he is going to be sharing his screen and talking through some of the aspects of, of Google Analytics that we need to know about and which we can, which parts we can safely ignore. And if you've ever been to the Google Analytics screen, you'll know it can be pretty confusing. So we're going to have that chat in office hours today. So if you are a Vacation Rental Formula Club member, we do record all these sessions and they will be there for you to download in VRF uh, at any time in the future. Uh, if you're not a VRF mo- uh, member, then you do have to be there for our office hours, which are held every every Wednesday at 2pm to 3pm. And quite often it's just Michael and Jason and myself and we come along and answer your questions. If you're there, you can ask your questions live and we we respond as best we can. And then occasionally, if I have interviewed somebody who's able to come along and join us on that day, uh, like uh, last week when Billy O'Sullivan came along and talked about responsible rental and hospitality at heart. So come along and join us on a Wednesday afternoon. We'd love to see you there. So that is it for this week. If you've got questions for me, you can contact me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com or you can contact Jason at jason at vacationrentalformula.com or simply go to the show notes at vacationrentalformula.com forward slash VRS 278 and ask a question there and either Jason or I will come along and uh, and respond to you. So that's it for now. Back to my packing so I can start heading north next week. Next time I speak to you, I will be back home in Ontario and the snow will still be there. And of course, you will hear from me about the weather. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today and I'll be with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.